0: what's up everybody out there i am sharika Holmes, and i am with sharika fitness bombshell and we are gonna rock it out on verbally effective stay tuned you are listening to chef reagan author of the single girl's guide to great cooking also known as the cosmopolitan cook and you are listening to verbally effective with ina esco Thanks so much for tuning in to the Verbally Effective Podcast with your host, myself, your double E, Ina Esco. Be sure to download the Verbally Effective Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. And of course, we have those visuals on YouTube. Be sure to follow the Verbally Effective Podcast on Instagram and Facebook as well. Verbally effective, your double E, Ina Esco. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You could be doing anything in this world right now, but you are here with me and my guest for this evening. Tonight, I have with me Mr. Fresh. He is the tailor to the stars, and he's in town here in Memphis from his hometown, and he's visiting from the west side and I have been blessed with his presence tonight. Hi, Fresh.
1: What's happening? What's happening? How
0: you doing? I'm
1: good. I'm good. Glad to be here.
0: I'm so glad you're here. with me. my girl, Ina. Yes, you are. And, you know, how long ago? It was around Christmas time we first met yep. at the pocket. Yep. And I was like, oh, Wendy at the time. It was Wendy at the time. I was like, we got to get him on the pod.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly and
0: so you're here
1: before she was born again
0: before she was born again she's sanai everybody knows she's sanai now but we love her. this is
1: back when she was a heathen she was you know a saying? heathen yeah it was one of them heathen heathen nights oh it was, was like, so hey, fun hey, i heathen. heard y'all
0: had a part two
1: He's like, you you acting like a you acting like a Wendy right now
0: oh my <laughs> but she's a sanai oh today. she's
1: so sanai so nice right now
0: <laughs> so so proud of her she's, oh she's my she's come so far Fresh. (laughs) So tell me about yourself. I follow you on social media. And one thing I love about you, you seem so. You follow me on social media where? on instagram uh, instagram you don't follow me back though you're talking about
1: instagram backslash rich fresh underscore rich fresh right uh, rich fresh underscore underscore oh, okay. oh i just want to know where where it was you was following me i was curious
0: yeah, on, you know, on it, facebook too oh facebook
1: backslash tatted taylor
0: that's you oh that one
1: oh, i just wanted to double check i wasn't sure which one.
0: Oh, this is gonna be a fun pod but look <laughs> <laughs> you do your insta stories and you seem so transparent and just yourself and just Kind of speak from the dome and yeah. letting people know what's up. So is Instagram your favorite?
1: It's so much fun, yeah. Instagram's great. The Instagram stories make it more fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Instagram's cool because it's very visual. Yeah. You know, so you can really tell a story. And I don't like I don't like words. And I'm better with, like, the pictures and stuff.
0: Pictures, videos. Yeah, and the videos are fun because mm-hmm.
1: people don't realize, like, I don't think people attribute my personality to my product. 'Cause they think, you know, my products all refined and then they uh then they hear me and they realize that this guy's different.
0: Yes. Like so it's a much shit going on over depth Yep. It's a man. Now where is did you grow smoking? up in Memphis?
1: Oh uh, where um so I moved here when um I moved here in high school. I moved here when I was fifteen.
0: Moved from where? Little Rock. Okay.
1: So yes, yeah, okay. so I was in Little Rock. When I first started sewing, it was actually in Little Rock. Like when I when I actually got the fashion bug was in Little Rock. Okay. How did it start? Um <clears throat> so I was never, you know, what one would say a well-dressed child. <laughs> no? No, I kind of I kind of look like trash. Uh not <laughs> trash, but I just was not like, you know, fashion was just not a thing. It was more like, you know, know yourself and be healthy. You know that, that you know the things that are really important. Mm-hmm. The parents are like, "Oh, you should just focus on being smart." But it's like you got this social dynamic, and the way you look plays such a big role in that social dynamic. And um, you know, I was in middle school, and I was just like so poorly dressed. Just I I just, I was like the second worst dressed kid in school. I always say second worst dressed is not a lie. I was the second worst dressed kid in my school. This dude named uh (laughs) Wardell Henson. I'm gonna say his name too. That boy was hurt. (laughs) Only difference between me and him was he right. had glasses. And okay. when he laughed he snorted. That's the only thing that, that, that that's that's, that's what only made him one. That's it. That's it. Too. He was number one. Oh my just of that. Oh wow. You know, I've never been a winner. <clears throat> I've always I've always been okay, we're coming in second. Um oh, but yeah, so like so I was um I was tutoring this cheerleader who was she was really cool. She actually lives here, her name's Tamara. Um shout out sh- shout out the Hardens. Uh, Tamara Harden, Earl Harden. Um, and so, you know, I went to middle school with her, so I was tutoring her, and she was really cool, and she was, like, real pretty, and she was a cheerleader. And I was like, you know, I don't know I don't know my head for my ass when it comes to girls or any, any of these things that are important at this stage. Like, if I learn this now, my life will be easier. And um, we just kind of had, like, this, you know, agreement. Like, look, I'm going to put you up on game with math or whatever it was that we were dealing with Mm -hmm. just kind of put me up on game with like you know the social shit like what is it the girls you know are into and not into and and we just just had conversations and um it just evolved and evolved a bunch of stuff i realized i couldn't do like girls are really into guys who are athletic and and, then i just just when i found out that i'm just not the athletic guys i can just mark that one off find something different and um the, literally the last thing that we that we talked about was uh was like the way I dressed and she was like you know you just don't dress nice like you, your clothes are kind of bad if you dress better like I mean girls will probably like you like you probably be alright mm-hmm. and so and made a pact? yeah it was just like yeah we just would talk mm-hmm. like everyday you know we'd talk about whatever the, the school subject matter was and I would just ask her questions and she was just gracious enough to answer them mm-hmm. you know and then um so thirteen, uh, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should dress better. Okay, well, how how do I need to do this? Well, maybe I need to um, maybe I should really like study it, like really learn it, so I'm not just like buying the wrong stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I just started finding whatever I could find, little magazines, anything that had nice clothes on. It, I was just like, just to look through it and skim through it and see what is nice, what's not nice, what do people think is nice. You know, what's the stuff that people pay attention to? What are the wording that they use? And, um, you know, into it, I I was reading, like, these biographies. I was reading Ralph Lauren's biography, Calvin Klein's. And Calvin Klein uh, had sewed. um, Like, their their first collection that they put together, he and his partner sewed, like, the runway pieces. So I figured, well, if I really want to know how to do this, I should probably know how to sew. Cause then I can kind of like control where my image goes. <clears throat> and so, um, so I'm 13. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Let's learn how to sew. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we had a sewing machine that was just in our laundry closet and I always looked at it and just didn't know what it was, but it was always there. So I just took it mm-hmm. I was like, no one's going to miss it. I'm just going to take it. So Did I your took mom it. Saw? She sold, but like I never saw her. sew. but I know she sewed stuff for me and my, my, my siblings when we were young. Okay. Um, I found out, like, my granddad sewed in the Navy. Wow. It was like It's in your blood. Yeah, it's in my blood. Like, I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, you know, took it and just looking at it, kind of figured out how to thread it and how to figure it out. And I just started, you know, getting little patterns and playing around with it. Um, still basic, but I was starting to understand fashion. So then we moved here uh, when I was 15, at which point. I understand, like, I think I understood fashion more, and I kind of understood, you know, the position I wanted to be in, and it was going to be much easier to start over in Memphis than come from being, like, the nerdy, shy kid to trying to be, like, this cool dude mm-hmm. in the same environment. Like, man, you're going to a new place, it's a rebranding opportunity. Mm. So it was just like, all right, how do we want to brand ourselves, you know? And I was like, well, shit, you know, let me be the, the, the fly dude, you know, still quiet and whatnot. But fly, you know, well dressed, um, clothes fit nice. And so, like, without even having an understanding of what tailoring was, I was just tailoring my stuff because it had to look a certain way, you know. And then um, I bought so much polo, so much Tommy. <laughs> and it was, the, it was though I had, you know, like when you got the same polo boot and the same color, mm-hmm. just in case one of them gets messed up one day. Dang, it was like that. It was like that, like stupid stuff. <laughs> but. He um, was fresh though. I was, I was fresh though. Mm-hmm. I was fresh though, and um, you know, the first day of high school, this brand new school, supposed to, it should be the scariest day of my life. You know, brand new school in Memphis. This is not an easy
0: city. No, it's not.
1: <laughs> and so, um, I just remember I was so fresh. I walked <laughs> down the hall, and I felt like I felt like Drake. You know,
0: what high school was this?
1: Bolton. Oh, you know, yeah, you know, Bolton's something. Mm-hmm. Bolton's interesting because it's got this like dual dynamic. Mixture, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a real real mixture. So
0: how did the guys respond to you, the new boy from Arkansas, fresh as hell? Who would this guy think he is? Well, Why were they cool? They, no, they
1: were cool. It was like I found out like dudes don't trip. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not stepping on any toes. You know, I'm just I do my own thing and it's fresh. And they're like. He is fresh though, and mm-hmm. like, you can't claim he is fresh. So we should probably get cool with dude because he's gonna <laughs> probably get a lot of the girls around him. So we should probably he can't take all of them, mm-hmm. or they didn't think I could. Oh, um, yeah, yeah I hear that? I what. But um, but no, I couldn't. Um, but yeah, so I was like, <laughs> damn, man, this clothes, you know, the clothes thing. This shit really works, and um, you know, I I was super popular in high school. And then so when I left high school, you know, I had a choice. I was really smart, I tested really well. And um, you know, the the plan was to go to college, just do that normal thing. Where did you want to go? Um, I wanted to go to I wanted to go to Clark, I wanted to go to Morehouse, I wanted to go to Stanford, I wanted to go to my place I wanted to go. And where
0: did <clears> you <throat> end up?
1: Um so I ended up at U of M. Okay. And I mean, you know, it's not a diss to the U of M, but, like, that was not my plan, you know? Because I, I decided, um, before I graduated, like, I'm gonna do fashion. Like, I'm not gonna do the normal college thing, I'm gonna do fashion. And, like, I didn't know anyone who had ever done it. Um, I just, someone was like, this is dope. Like, this fashion shit is, like, real. Like, mm-hmm. my life changed, my peers' lives changed, like, you know, my, my siblings. Hell, my brother Chase is dressed like dog shit. Oh, <laughs> dog shit. Horse shit.
0: Like Ground
1: that. horse shit. It was terrible. I bet old he fresh now, though. He too fresh now,
0: though. Yeah, I see.
1: But old fresh moldy dog shit.
0: Damn.
1: And um, I was just like, hey, bro, man, you gonna mess up my branding with that shit, bro. Right. Come on, bro. Right.
0: No, come on, bro. You changing lives Yeah,
1: but you know, he was still rugged, but you know, he had that demeanor at this point. So, you know, I just saw, like, how it changed people. I was like, this is more, this seems more powerful to me than architecture or finance or medicine. Like, for me, I think this could be, like, a thing I could use to, you know, help, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in a way. Because <clears throat> it helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was it. So I just made that decision. Uh, family was not really into it. Why not? So, yeah, it's the 90s, man. And fashion... Like it's still the South, so this is the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so you got scholarships to go to school. But you want to do, do fashion. And you want to do fashion? It's like, this doesn't make sense. Why are you doing this? This is stupid. Mm-hmm. You needed to, like, you know what I'm saying? You need to take these damn scholarships. Right. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I not want to do it. I don't want do to do that. I want to do fashion. I made up my mind. I've already seen it. And so we just <laughs> did that thing. And uh, so that's why I ended up at U of M, because I just couldn't stay at the house. Mm-hmm. had right. to do something so I went to U of M um,
0: so what did you study at U of M business
1: nah so I went to U of M I just studied architecture but I only did my prereqs. Mm-hmm. like I was only there for a year okay um, I just did like a year of prerequisites and I was like I didn't no like you knew that no nah, I'm not here to be an architect either I could have been an architect I could have gone to a big school to be an architect mm-hmm. no that's not what I'm doing so I dropped out and then um, you know just did did, did some little bullshit, like bank teller. I did everything. I was a bank teller. That mm-hmm. kind of shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I was a bank teller. I um, I waited tables.
0: This is in Memphis.
1: This is in Memphis. This
0: is after you said, fuck you of him. Uh, yeah. I can't do this no more. Yeah, I was 19. But were you doing fashion while you were doing these other uh, jobs? So,
1: mm, I wasn't really. I was still sewing just as like a hobby. hmm I was, I, you know, the thing that I used to really make, I used to get into it. Um, my ex wife, her nieces were real young when we first got together. I used to make them like little baby dresses. Mm-hmm. I used to make dresses all the time. I just thought it was cute to just make these little baby dresses. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> that was really my thing. Like, I just thought it was cool. I just really didn't have any concept of how to make it into a business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, then I did so after I dropped out I'm working these little odd jobs someone said something about uh, the fashion show at U of M um, the black student association yeah, BSA and someone knew I could sell it, it was like oh you should do it and first I was going to model in it but that didn't work out so I was like yeah you know let me um, let me put some pieces together and that was my first like fashion thing so I, I did 13 pieces I just sat in my my living room and just made like it was it, was, you know, it was crazy stuff. I just found like little patterns at Walmart, modified them a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and just did my thing, mm-hmm. and that was cool. That was just like my first experience seeing like something going across the stage. I was like, man, that's just kind of cool. Do. Yeah, I made I made everything. I sat in there by myself and made all them pieces, and so um after that, you know, I probably spent all my money and I think I made nothing. So I was like, well, this shit ain't going to work. <laughs> I'm not going to do this shit <laughs> twice. But I do like the sewing thing. It was kind of fun. How can we do more of this? And I was like, you know what? Why don't we do um, alterations? Because people, everybody wears clothes, and people's clothes don't fit. Everyone seems to like how my clothes fit. I have an eye for how clothes should fit. Or mm-hmm. well, maybe I can figure that one out. So I started doing that, just hustling on the side. And then I, um, I started thinking about scale, and I was like, well, shit. If I want to make some real money doing this, I should be doing this in bulk. So then I just set up like an outsourcing company where I went all around all these dry cleaners. It was like, yo, you have a bunch of clothes that you need altered and you don't necessarily have a staff that can handle that. How about I come and take that off your hands and I'll pick it up three days all a week, two day turnaround, you know, here's the wholesale rate, you're still making money and you got to take on none of the work, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it all. And that was cool and that just picked up real quick I just walked in and was like, shit, hell yeah, take this shit. (laughs) Um, And so that was my first business. and I did that uh, for like a year or two. And I moved downtown. And then, I'm just giving you my life story. This is cool. It Um, sounds interesting. And so then I moved downtown. And um, I'm at the uh, South Main, um, the train station. Mm -hmm. And so I'm enjoying that. It's like, oh, it's cool. And, you know, it's like. There's no grocery store. There, All these necessities is like, damn, we ain't got none of this stuff. And one of the things that was missing was a dry cleaner. Mm. I was like, dude, there's no cleaners. I'm dealing with all these cleaners and there's no cleaners downtown. And so I opened up a cleaners. Mm. I was like, well, I'm going to open a cleaners at a tailor shop. And so I opened that on South Main next to where Cheesecake Corner is. Mm -hmm. So there's like a bar that's there now, but that's where my spot used to be. And um, I was like 21. And so... You know, it was really cool. it was dope, right up. It was a good experience, like just the entrepreneurial experience, having to pay rent, and having to do all these things, and figuring out what's necessary, what's not. I was there for like two years, and then you know we closed the business, and then I just started doing like personal where I would go to see clients. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't need this, you know, I don't need rent. I don't need to be stuck in this spot. Mm-hmm. I like moving about and getting the, the people because then people can see me. I can possibly get other clients. So I started doing, like, personal tailoring. I would go to someone's office or to their crib. And I just saw, like, that was more effective. Um, the relationships got stronger that way. And so I was like, cool, let's do it that way. I literally have not had a brick and mortar since 2002.
0: And you prefer that.
1: I mean, yeah, at, at present, like, it just, it works better for the way I operate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it suits my clients' needs more. So, yeah, so I went from that to doing personal Tailoring and I was dealing with a lot of um, politicians, you know, some cool attorneys, people who are popping here. Just grinding, just doing whatever I could to make some alterations money. You know, like shit, I gotta make some money. (laughs) Uh, I connected with uh, one of my guys, Michael Thomas. Uh, He's a a tailor, super popping when I was just coming up. And he was young, so I would just hang out at his shop and just kind of vibe. You know, again, just hustling, just whatever I can do. I remember getting in my car one night, I thought this dude was going to kill me um what? Yeah, it was weird. It was so random. I had my business card at a uh, some fabric store, so I got a call. Someone was like, "Yeah, man, I got these pants. I need uh the waist taken in on like four pair of pants." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, um well, sure, yeah." um He's like, "Yeah, well, you know, can you come out to my house?" I was like, "Oh, sure. You know, here's how much it's gonna cost you. It was nothing. I'll tell you. I think I tried that man sixty dollars." I drove to his house to tailor four pair of pants for that man. I charged him sixty dollars. Hmm. Um, it's a long time ago. God is good, and um, and so I get out to this house and it's uh it's dark and he was on Millington. I didn't realize how deep Millington went. Yes, man, shit, it wasn't like no streetlights. Mm. I saw deers and shit, <laughs> and so I get to this house and. The first sign was I parked and this cat's leaving the front door. This cat's walking out the front door. And I'm just like, oh, no, I don't know if I want to go in here. But I was already there. So I went in and this uh, this dude, he's just like, it's just like the stereotypical guy. He's not, you're not going to leave. He's not going to let you leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some friends just locked up and he just can't wait to introduce you. <laughs> and uh, I call, I think I called you. I think I called him and I kept his ass on speakerphone the whole time I was they there sewing. Was I was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm just here, just sewing, just getting this work done. I was like, get the hell about out of this new house. But um, that's how long I've been doing that. Just like, just whatever, you know, shit, 60 bucks, a dollars, whatever.
0: Was that a lot back then for you?
1: No, but you know, it It, was something. it, it adds up, you know, like yeah. gas was $1.29 back then. Yeah. You know, rent was like, you know, it was nothing. Rent was like, what, $600 for a two-bedroom? The good old days. Yeah, you know, back then. You know, things things started progressing, you know, like I I did a situation with um uh, uh Tom Shelton, it was Shelton Clothiers. I connected with him mm-hmm. and was like, "Yo, you got a bunch of suits. You need a tailor. I'm the dopest tailor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set up down here. I'm going to rent this space. I'm going to do all the all the tailoring that gets done here. All that shit comes to me, and I'm going to bring my own clients in here." So, I had that business. Mm-hmm. And that was dope. And that's that's like the first time I brought in a staff. So, I brought someone else in to do some work also. I was like, oh shit! So I can have someone working, I can step up, and do some shit. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I started figuring that thing out, you know. Once that, you know, left that situation, did something else. Then I went to work at O'Call for a minute. You know, I thought that, like, you know, I was dating a girl who just did, had a different mindset. Like, didn't understand the the desires of an entrepreneur. Like, we're just not satisfied with certain status quo. Is like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> right. I don't care. You know, like I don't care about no status quo. Well, you know, most people—that's the wrong way to start a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I gave it a shot. I thought like something like that could be cool, could be steady. I could grow with it. And I got there, this fly young black dude, tailored up, super fresh, knows how to, you know, knows how to do his thing. I went in there. I was, I was, I was suited and everything. And uh, then folk put me. Involved off me mean, like what ten dollars an hour? Something stupid like that. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I want twenty dollars an hour. Was like, <laughs> it was like, sure, you know, uh, yeah. Well, let's let's get you in, and, you know, let's figure it out. And then once I got in, I was like, oh yeah, by the way, we're only going to give you ten dollars an hour, and you know, it's assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I quickly realized, like, nah, I ain't about this life. So I left that, and then I moved to New York. I was like, you know what? But I do need to learn how to tailor more. Like, I'm good, but I should be great and I'm not gonna get great here, because this is as good as it gets, and I'm already killing everybody, so I need to go somewhere else where I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm out. And uh, I sent resumes off to New York, never been to New York before, and I just sent off resumes. I got some calls back, I took a flight, I went there, I was there for 48 hours, I went on seven interviews in 48 hours. Damn. Yeah, and like with tailoring interviews, you can't just go in and talk, you gotta do some shit too. like. Oh, great. So you can do all this and this. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. Well, let's go get on the machine. And they take you right on down there. Like here. Here's a suit.
0: Get to it. They want to see your credit. Yep.
1: So it was a lot of work. But um, I got a few offers. And so I came back, got my stuff. And then a few weeks later, I moved to New York. Mm. So I got out there. I'm doing my thing. I'm learning it, figuring out. Like really getting technical now. I'm learning how to like tailor. This is getting fascinating, mm-hmm. and I'm working with some big brands, so I'm I'm getting like my first taste of like uh, luxury, like you know luxury. Like, and at that time it was like a twelve hundred dollars suit was like luxury. Like shit, because you just don't really see that here. But you were like were
0: understanding you, like the whole science of it. Like yeah, fabrics.
1: And oh, fabrics! Like how to take this sleeve off, mm-hmm. recut this shoulder, put this sleeve back on with my hands, like that type mm-hmm. of shit. So I was getting real technical. And um and then the market crashed. I remember I was on the I was on the bus cuz I lived in Jersey and I would I would uh you know travel into to New York every morning. And so I'm on the bus in Jersey. It's my birthday. I'm like, "You know what? I'm gonna, I'm going to take myself to a movie." I think it was Batman or something. I'm going to take myself to a movie. It was either Batman or Bond. And I'm on the bus and I get a I get a call cuz so I had two jobs in New York. I was tailoring in two different spots. Making a lot of money too. And um, when the market crashed, I go into one spot and the owner is like in a Ferrari, which is like 25 year old girlfriend, like, I'm out of here, man. I'm going to Italy. I'm like, so what's going to happen? Yeah, we're just going to shut the place down for a while. Damn. So what's going (laughs) to (laughs) happen? We're going to shut the place down for a while. So what's going to happen? You ain't got no job, motherfucker. (laughs) So, um, but I had this other job to fall back on. So. Uh, and that was Hickey Freeman. So I'm doing Hickey. Everything's cool. It's more corporate. So I'm on this bus. I'm about to go see this movie. I'm treating myself for my birthday. And I get this phone call. Like, hey, man, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm great. It's my birthday. I'm headed to see a movie. Oh, it's great. So got to lay you off. Uh, oh, wow.
0: same day? The
1: same day. I'm on the bus. Headed, and I'm also supposed to go pick up the keys to my apartment. So I'm like, shit. Well, this isn't what I expected. So uh, I remember, I remember. Uh, I think the first person I called was was Mike, uh, Michael Thomas. Like, dude, I just got fired from my job, and um, I think I'm gonna come back to Memphis. So I did. I moved back to Memphis, and um, in like spring of 2008, yeah, like early spring it was like February, like mid February, and um, maybe it was still winter. And when I got back, that's when I was like, shit. So I I got. You know, some cleanings, uh, some dry cleaners again to kind of get that money. And then my daughter was real young, and so you know, then I ended up like getting my daughter, so my daughter's with me all the time. You know, I'm still figuring it out, and that's when I started doing the bags, which you know, you see here, you can't see it because I'm talking. My my
0: present that you brought. Exactly.
1: Yeah, my present that bought you. I'm gonna have. (laughs) I just gotta take it back with me to personalize it, and (laughs) then I'm going to. So um, so yeah, so uh, so then. You started doing the bags. Uh, yeah, yeah. So then I started doing bags.
0: How? What made you want to start doing the bags? You were doing all these things with clothing, learning the craft and everything. How Where do bags come from?
1: Funny story. So I get back, right? And uh, I'm staying at my partner's crib, my partner Ephraim's crib. <clears throat> and um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a damn jacket. I'm going to make a jacket from scratch. Like a nice jacket. And I put a lot of time into it. I had had like like a mannequin, a torso. I just built it on it. It was so intricate. It took me weeks to do it. And I remember one of my partners came through to pick up some alterations or something. And he saw it and he was like, bro, this jacket goes, bro. Damn, bro. And he went to slip it on and it wasn't his size. I didn't make it for him. He's like, shit, bro, can you make another one? Can you make one my size? And I was like, hell no, absolutely not no I'm not doing this no more I'm not making nothing that no I'm not doing that Mm-mm. so I was like I need to be able to make something that's not size dependent because I, I just need to make something and I was like you're going to make bags everybody likes bags and so I just started making They were these weird um, like half circle bags mm-hmm. and they were like this, uh, this, this synthetic material uh, I used to print pictures of flowers on them mm-hmm. you remember those mm-hmm. yeah they were big yeah it was just like something to do. And I had them little plastic zippers. I've always done the plastic zippers, which is like a cool thing. I, ne- I never left that. And um, and then, you know, I started, it was fun. And people started enjoying it and liking it so I could subsidize, you know, make some money here with that and then still do alterations. Shit, at a certain point, I cut out alterations and was just doing bags straight up for like a year. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a fun time. I'm, I'm a greedy person. I'm a hungry person. I want things. I want all that shit. If you think about all that shit, I want all that shit. I just didn't think that I was gonna get all that shit being here
0: in Memphis.
1: Yeah, I just didn't think all that shit was gonna come to me here. But I wanted all that shit, and I'm really good at math. So if I want all that shit, and I'm not gonna get all that shit here, then I have to go somewhere else to get all that shit, because I have to have all that shit. And so, um, you know, my brother had uh had just come to Memphis recently. He had, uh, like you know, his his company was laying off, so it was just like fuck. So he, he came to Memphis, and so it's me, him, my daughter and went in my you know small apartment. I was just like, man, <clears throat> I bet there's more to life outside these walls. He was like, let's just dip. And i we just like, where? So let's like, go to the West Coast, man. We don't we ain't yeah. never been to the West Coast, let's just do it. And we decided to go. And then, you know, my sister happened to be going out there the same time we were going out. So. It's like we were getting all these signs like, yeah, move in this direction, move in this direction. And so three weeks after deciding to do so, we left. We just moved. Um, didn't know anybody, but we just, you know, uh, you know, we're like, oh, my God, the water's cold. Some people are stand there all day, but they fucking with it with their toe. Oh, it's so cold. It's so cold. We're just like, I really want to swim. and We're just going to jump in. Eventually, our bodies will just adapt right. and won't be cold anymore. So we're just like that. So we just went for it. And so... We look up and now we're living in San Diego, mm. um, beautiful city mm-hmm. and um, shit, man. And that's like, so thus far I've given you like an, a fifth maybe? That's just a fifth? That's just a fifth.
0: Damn. What did you notice immediately different about when you first stepped foot in on the East Coast versus the West Coast? From oh, a the fashion energy. perspective. Oh, a
1: fashion perspective is garbage.
0: On both ends? No,
1: no, on the West Coast. On the
0: West Coast? Was Man, San was Diego,
1: garbage? this shit was garbage. What,
0: were they, what did they wear?
1: Shorts, board shorts and t-shirts and like flip-flops. Surfer dude. All day long. Gnarly dude. All day long.
0: So you said I got to do something about this.
1: Yeah, like we were really like, we were trying to, you know, we were trying to establish sort of a, uh, that type of vibe in San Diego. And we were, we were doing so, you know, like we had this small little cult situation and we were like really... Getting dudes real fresh. You know, like my brother and I were known for it. We were colorful guys. Um and then, you know, we got involved in another business, you know, we created a we created a, a hangover product, it's hangover cure. That's a whole nother conversation. And so bit. as I said, it's a whole another <laughs> conversation. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Oh, you alcoholics here in Memphis. <clears throat> when the time comes I got something for you. Um but you know, We just, you know, we just kept having all these cool experiences, like being well-dressed dudes. And that's actually when I first got into custom. I didn't start doing custom until San Diego. Mm. I just always, I wanted to be the guy who knew how to operate the machine. Like, I I would see tailors all the time who didn't know how to thread a needle, and I just didn't respect that. Mm -hmm. It's like, don't call yourself a doctor and you don't know what to do with a stethoscope. You know what I'm saying? Say that you're something else, but don't say you're a doctor. So I always took offense to people calling themselves tailors and they could not tailor Mm. So I always wanted to make sure that I could tailor if I was going to call myself a tailor. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, I was like, you know what? It's time to do custom. So my brother and I, we had encountered this guy. Here's how I got into custom. Bobby. Bobby with the ponytail. Mm -hmm. Hippie Bobby. So,
0: Who is Bobby?
1: We met this dude in um, San Diego, right? Mm -hmm. It's this uh, this white cat named Bobby. You know, he had the beard. He's like your quintessential weed-smoking guy that makes money in tech mm-hmm. super cool dude what's up guys bro like super chill you know drove a cool porsche beautiful house his wife was like an executive he was, yo what's up guys oh dude you guys are so great bro oh man great yeah 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 oh you guys should come over for dinner yeah you know we're having quinoa and shit and kale and um and um how did um, you meet bobby how did i meet bobby um huh i met bobby because uh so so what was that chick's name the stylist Where'd you Majuba. So there's this stylist named Majuba mm-hmm. who had um come across I think Majuba met my brother. Okay. Or someone. And she was this big stylist out there. And so um she knew, she was like, Oh, just gotta do alterations. So she reached out to me, she's like, Hey, I got a client who lost a lot of weight, he needs something done. So I went to go see him, he had this Armani suit and uh it just didn't. It was like two sizes too big, he lost like forty pounds. So I know how to do all this because I've done this before in New York. Mm. So I'm taking sleeves off, recutting the body, like changing the whole thing. I get this thing back to him. It's a totally different suit and he's flipping his shit like, how, how did you do this? He this is, this is amazing. That. This is impossible. And I'm like, oh man, you know, and he's just blown away. So he's like, man, how much did I owe you? It's like, it was like $400. He's like, cool. He paid that 400 went gladly. Win, and then he says, man, it's crazy, bro. I have a closet full of these expensive-ass suits. None of them fit. It's like I always know the right question to ask. And something made me say, how expensive? Oh, this suit? This Armani? It was maybe like, I don't know, man. Like 2500 Maybe $3,000? I was like, you got more of them? He's like, oh, hell yeah. And he opens up this closet. And he literally had like dozens of like Canali, you know, Armani, Zinnia. I'm like, how much is this? It was like 2000 1800 Oh, that was like 3000 I was like, what the fuck? That's where the money's at. Mm-hmm. No, I'm tripping. No, I'm getting the wrong money. I'm on the wrong side of this coin. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, we getting the custom. So I set that up, started doing custom in San Diego. Started making a little bit of money, started figuring out, you know, you, you got to go through a period of, of missing your shots before your shot gets real good. I needed to miss my shots in San Diego and not LA. Mm-hmm. So I had a chance to like, Miss shots with people who didn't even know that i was missing shots because they didn't know they didn't know style what
0: counts as a missed
1: shot she just like looking kind of whack like eh, it could have fit better
0: mm-hmm.
1: i know this but you may not know it you kind of think it's cool but in my mind i'm like no in a perfect world i would have done it like this right so it gave me an opportunity to like get all that out the way so then um you know my brother and i were getting involved in this other business it's going great we're living this high life And then, you know, the business just dissolved, like, overnight almost. Why? And, uh, it's another long story. Um, (laughs) just, uh, having the wrong people in charge of the wrong shit. San Diego. Yeah, i.e. the money. Oh. Um, Okay. And so, you know, we're thrust from, like, you know, living in, you know, a fucking mansion and driving, you know, Maserati and, like, really living that life to, like, struggling again. It's like, dude, I'm not rebuilding in San Diego. I don't feel like rebuilding here, so I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move to LA. I'm gonna rebuild in LA. So I just same thing. Put out some resumes, you know, specifically in Beverly Hills. I'm like, if I'm gonna do it in LA, I'm gonna do the luxury shit. Let's figure it out. So I went to Rodale, did that piece. I got hired at uh, Zenia, which is a really, um, really big company. You know, I'm doing that, and now I'm selling it. So now I'm not doing tailoring no more. Now I'm on the sales side of it. Mm. So i'm now realizing i can also sell because i'm a good seller i was the number one sell what? you know i was the number one seller and i was the only black dude on the floor mm. and so you know i got tattoos i got hand tattoos i got piercings but i know my shit and i know tailoring and i know okay. clothes so that made oh, that, that was like the key components. that was that was it it was like he's the guy because he know what the fuck yeah look talking. at how that shit fits he's the guy and so my sales are just through the roof you know, it's unfortunate, but it's not. It's the way It's exactly the way it's supposed to happen. I'm glad it did. But, you know, it's your, again, it's the story we hear over and over of the guy who's super talented and the environment he was in did not appreciate that talent. Instead, they were threatened by that talent and thought to minimize that talent. How can we minimize this talent and minimize this person so we can have more control over him? And so, you know, I see this shit clear as day, so I knew like it's time to mob. So I was like, all right, well let's just let's start a business over again. let mm-hmm. Let's do custom. Um, I didn't really know anyone in LA because all I did was work. And uh, you know, my like my daughter was there, so I'm just working, parenting, working, parenting. So I didn't take any time to really develop a social dynamic at all. There was no social anything. But what I had noticed about L.A. is that they love events. Yeah. All you got to do is, you want people to come to your restaurant, say it's an event. They'll be there. Mm-hmm. Build things, build events around things, and people will come to it. You get enough people, and then, you know, now it's just a ratio number. You get enough people in the house, some of them are supposed to spend some money, if you have a means for them spending some money. So I thought it would be cool to build, like, a pop-up concept where I would throw these little parties, and just have like beautiful girls come and like bartend. And I would just have like mannequins and like suits and shit on them. Mm-hmm. Or like clothes suspended from the ceiling. And people come and look at it like it's a museum. And then they come and they order clothes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's fabric books. I'm gonna take your measurements. I can take your payment. Let's get it. One stop shop. One stop shop. Come on in here. Let's get it popping. And so I did that. Um, I put this idea together. I built out a website, made it cool, made it real sexy. And I uh, called it the Scotch tutorial and it, it hit, it did, it did really cool in uh, LA. Um, Were like, people
0: very supportive of like your first one you had?
1: Um Yeah, but not like people who knew me. It was just like people who I just randomly encountered. It was like, damn man, you dress really nice. Oh yeah. Oh, come check this out. Mm-hmm. Come check this out. But you know, my job didn't know I was doing it. Like a lot of people didn't know I was doing it. And um, you know, I went back to work and I just had this great weekend of my kickoff event. I made all this money. I made like five figures my first like you know, my first at it. Mm. And so I'm I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna deal with any more shit at this job. <laughs> Day I go back into work, they're trying to write me up over being fifteen minutes late to work, like three months ago. Oh, they so, heard about that pop up. Oh man. <laughs> well, they also heard about that, money. About that pink slippers in my pocket. Mm. I had to hand to them. So, Mm. you know, so now I'm in L.A. I don't have a job. You know, I got this little momentum. I got to keep it going. L.A. is interesting, you know. You can be up and you can be down. And it was just like figuring out. It's just like, um, I don't know, you know. I feel like in in everything, there's like a code that you crack at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's like once you crack that code, it's like so simple mm-hmm. but until you crack that code it's so difficult it was so difficult no matter what i did it was so i just did all the wrong shit, mm-hmm. and um uh, it was very difficult and i went very broke very quick mm-hmm. and uh so then i was like super assed out and um and then you know um and then like my my brother moved up from san diego to uh la and then he had another business going so you know he had things rolling, so I moved into his crib, and then that's when I got on Instagram. Instagram, Instagram comes around, and my brother's like, "Yo, you need to get on Instagram." I'm like, "I don't want no damn Instagram."
0: So your brother was the techy one. So He's a techie He knew from the get go. Yeah. you needed to be on this. Bitch He's group. an Instagram marketer. Like, he was an Instagram
1: guy. I'm not Instagram. He's an internet marketer. So yeah, like he knew all about this. I don't know that crap. I'm, I'm literally, I'm the dude who's sitting yeah. at a sewing machine sewing. And um, he was like, "Man, I'm gonna set it up." So he set up my Instagram. So started taking little pictures, doing this stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm at this party, and I run into this guy who runs this big fashion blog for like tailors. It's like a you know, it was called um, Articles of Style. And um, I meet him at a party, and at this party, I happen to have four clients who are there dressed in, you know, my clothes, and um. So we're talking, we're talking, we're talking, and a guy walks out, he's like, damn, that dude's fresh. He's like, oh yeah, no, you know, uh, and I used to go by Rich back then. He's like, yeah, you know, Rich made it. He's like, oh shit, and then another dude walks by, he's like, man, that's a nice shirt. Yeah, you know, Rich made it. He's like, you made I'm all this shit? Eight. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, dude, I need to come check you out. So he came through, checked out the setup. It was like, man, I need to do a little story on you. And that kind of like thrust me into the eye of all these people who are interested in the tailoring world, because he had like hundreds of thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. And so he had a huge profile, and so that kind of like gave me some notoriety in that industry, which is great. You know, so from there, you know, things changed some more and got cool and got interested. I moved downtown, got this cool spot. Then, you know, my brother's also like on my ass, like, yo, bro, let's go out and, and, do, and do some shit. Hey, man, because, you know, he's working from a computer, so he's like, he got time and freedom and shit, you know. <laughs> it's all special. Hey man, you wanna go down to the beach? I'm like, no, dude, I gotta sell. I gotta do work. He's like, Man, you need to hire somebody, dude. So you ain't always sitting in a machine. And so, unbeknownst to me, he goes and puts places an ad for a tailor or a seamstress. So I start getting these random calls from people, like, what the fuck what what do you mean? You call me on a job, I ain't got no job. It's like, yeah, it's a Craigslist ad. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Oh. So that's when I um so that's the first time I really started thinking about, hmm. You know, let me build it that way. So, uh, did that, switched it up. You know, I started really focusing on Instagram and really deciding like I did not want to be a plain Jane Taylor making black and blue suits and gray suits for financial advisors and, you know, middle management. That was just, that's not what I wanted to do. And um, so I knew, A, I was going to do different stuff and I knew I was going to have to price it different. And so, you know, as I'm making these changes, like I'm losing clients because, you know, I don't want to do the the plain things anymore. I don't want to do belt loops. I don't want to do black suits. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do cheap price points. I don't want to do sales. What do you want to do? I want to do fresh. I want to do Tom Ford. Like I just like I want to do that shit. I want to do that fly shit. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when you start making those changes, you know, you lose people, you gain people. I figured that one out too. Like, mm, don't be afraid to change because you're gonna lose people. But for every person you lose, you're gonna gain someone.
0: Did it ever discourage you when you would go through those transitions like that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, especially when you broke. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Especially. It's like, shit, but if I just do this and I'll have some money, I just like, I don't like to compromise. Mm-hmm. Like, if I decide to do something, you know, I don't let, I don't let money, like, sway it like, fuck, well, I know I shouldn't, but I really need this $100, so I'm gonna do it anyhow. I just go without. I just figure it out differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just like, no, I just figure it out. And then I like went super broke and like I lost my apartment. I was like sleeping out of a friend's office. Mm. And still, same thing. Like, you know, I still had the same mindset. Like, I still want to do it my way. And a friend had hit me up. This uh, friend hit me up and she was like, um, I got a friend at Barney's who's looking for a tailor. I told her about you. I was like, Word. So I went in, did an interview. You know, they were offering decent money. When you ain't got no money, someone offer you seventy thousand dollars? That's decent. I'm like shit. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Let me think about it. They're like, all right, cool. Job probably won't start for like another two weeks. We'll call you. All right, cool. So I go back (laughs) to sleeping in my homeboy's office. You know, not like a uh, not like a work office, like like a this office, Mm -hmm. like a chair like that. And um, I get this call. I'm like, "Hey, that's Burberry. And we want right. to offer you that position." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, yeah, I might have to pass. <laughs> yeah, I can't take it right now." I'm like, "I thought we just talked. You said you like, yeah, I got some things I need to finish working on. I, I have some things that I'm working on right now. I just, I can't, I can't take my eye off it. So uh, let, me, let me, let me, let me, let me finish this stuff up. I get back with you." So I just like, mm, I'm just not gonna do it. I'll just figure it out. And so, you know, I thugged it out and, you know, went just went through a number of different changes, you know, different roommates and situations not working or working. and um, And then I went through a really bad storm where it was, like, really broke, really fucked off. And, again, like, another test, like, you know, you can just give up and just do some other shit. Because you fucked off right now. Mm-hmm. You ain't got nothing. You are legit homeless. You done for. And it's a winter time. So, what you gonna do, man? And I was just like, mm, I'm just gonna deal with it. And I just figured it out. And it sucked, but I don't know. Like, something just, I don't know. Like, I just could see this, this possibility. Like, mm, if I can get through this shit, if I can get through this shit, I'm probably gonna learn something. So when I get through this shit, the stuff that I've learned, I'm probably never gonna have to go through this shit again. Because this is terrible. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that I learned while I'm here, it'll be good stuff, you'll never have to learn it again. So I just like, I don't know, I switched it in my head so it just like wasn't a, it wasn't an issue anymore. It was just like a, it was just like a chapter, like you just got a few more pages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you thought you were done reading. <laughs> few more pages, few more pages. Then things started changing. Um and I started like that 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 code I was talking about, I like, started cracking that code and seeing like, oh shit. So all I gotta do is this and then this happens. So every time I do this, then this happens. Oh shit. Well every time I do this and this is gonna happen. Oh, well just, what what have I been worrying about? And I just thought and then things started changing and you know, I started uh Started developing these little rituals, like with myself, like challenging myself. I got to do it now. Like I have these ninety-day challenges, and I like challenge myself to to sacrifice things, like not like people and shit, but like sacrifice things that we enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like um. So my first, my first big one. So again, like I'm talking about, I'm talking like in 2018, I was homeless. Like in January 2018. Not like sleeping on a friend's couch, like walking around at night, like where the fuck am I gonna sleep at? Just a year ago. Not even a year ago. Not even. Less than a year ago. So, and then it's like, and you know, I had a client who just beat me out of a lot of money, just fucked me off. And so, I was, I was bound by that, because it was like $9,000. And like, bro, this is the life changing money. I was supposed to like, get straight with this. And you owe me this shit. Where is my shit? And, you get stuck in this thing where it's like you wake up every day trying to chase that same carrot and you didn't get any closer to it yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, today I'm going to get up and swatter the carrot again, send text messages, make phone calls, hear more excuses and bullshit. And one of was like, bro, you're never going to see this money from dude. Ever. So sooner you come to that understanding, sooner you can move past it and, and make some more money. Mm-hmm. Fuck that little money.
0: That little money. And you that's know? what you did.
1: Yeah, it's just like I just had to change my my the way I thought about it. And It's like I don't want I don't want to do money. I don't need to do money. I don't want to do money. And as soon as I realized like I'm never gonna get that money, I don't want it. I don't want what it represents. I don't need this money. Only the last money. Like as soon as I did that little thing, my brain started thinking about okay, well where is the rest of it? Where's the rest of the money at then? Mm-hmm. And then more money started showing up. And I looked up the nine thousand I'm waiting for for him. Mm-hmm. I flipped and hit that same nine in like a week. Mm-hmm. So like. Oh, timeout! First and foremost, we ain't never gonna do that no more. We're never gonna get stuck on one person, ever. You know. Then I, um, I you know, I, I got a little Airbnb, something, you know, a little garbage Airbnb. But you know, it's a roof, so I'm grateful that that was the experience. Then um, I was like, all right, cool. You know, there's some. You know, I'm a. I live by certain. You know things that you hear growing up. That you end up internalizing. One of those has always been like this definition of insanity. It's like, you know, doing the same thing every day, expecting a different re- results. Insanity. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to like in my mind, what that means is, if you have a different goal and you approach it the same way you approach a non different goal, expecting a different goal, you have a problem. Right. You cannot like you're not going to evolve and turn into the person you're supposed to be. Doing the same shit you used to do, you're going to be who you used to be. So in order to become who you are supposed to be, you have to do shit you supposed to do, mm-hmm. which is usually different shit. So I just like started picking things that. I actually I didn't even, I didn't pick anything. I'm not gonna lie, I would smoke. I would go up to the rooftop. I would just talk to the universe, and then it just comes. You know, it just like here are the things that you need to start doing, mm-hmm. and it's like you get convicted. Like you need to start doing this shit, and we can either be like, oh, I didn't hear it, or accept it. Like you know what? No, you're right. I came up here for a reason. And I said, I need to be greater than I am. What am I missing? He said, you gotta change some shit. You gotta add some shit, you gotta get rid of some shit. Cool, well what? I tell you what, you gotta do the shit, all right? And you start hearing, it's like, oh, I don't wanna do that shit. Fuck, <laughs> okay, I'ma do it. I'ma do it, I'ma do it. Okay, what do I have to give up? And it's like the, the things that, that, the first thing that would just come to mind, it's like, I didn't really drink, but I drank a little bit. It's like, you have to give up alcohol. Entirely, that's what I gave up. Mm-hmm. Like my first one, like so, you can't have no alcohol. You know, it's like, what are you drinking alcohol for? You broke. You trying to make some money. What the fuck, do you need alcohol for? Mm-hmm. You trying to go to sleep? You trying to make some money? Okay, well you don't need alcohol. Work. So I cut that out. And then um meat, like I, you know, I wasn't I wasn't eating red meat at the time, Um, or pork. Just like it was kind of pescatarian, but more like just a little fish every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's like no, it was just like no flesh. Um, period. Just like straight up vegetables. Mm. And then, um, you know, being from the south, being from the south, you know, <laughs> being from the south, you know, I, I had I had to give up the ladies because it's a it's what? a problem. Yeah, yeah, ladies was a problem.
0: That was the problem. It was in their a life. huge
1: problem. This is a problem in general. So are you abstinent? Because they're so yummy. Um, Well, no, I was. You know, like a short period. It's four months.
0: Four months. Yeah,
1: it was like a four months. It was like here's what I when
0: you was getting your shit together.
1: Yeah, because like it was a it was a conversation I had with the universe. Like this is what I want. Like this is what I want. A very very descriptive, very definitive. This is exactly what I want. It's a dollar amount I want. This is what I want. I've seen it in my head. This is the lifestyle I want. Cool. How long is it going to take me to get here? Four months. Cool. Well, I'm going to give this stuff up while I'm working towards that. So you'll know that I'm serious about it every single day. And I looked up at it. And in four months, the thing I asked for, I had it. Mm. I was like, ain't that some shit? It worked. Right. And so then I just like, I changed it up. I started adding more goals, um, doing it differently. And then, I mean, the whole 180, like, I mean, legit, a whole 180. So- You know, I don't don't really publicize it in L.A. too much because, well, I will (laughs) soon. But, so the facility that makes, like, does all my production is in in Los Angeles. It's like I used to do my production in China way back in the day. But I can't control it. I'm a control freak. So I found a facility that could do it in L.A. It's mad expensive. They do it for, like, a bunch of other, like, really, like, you know, high-end tailors that do, like, expensive stuff. I found them. You know, they fool with me, they let me, you know, come in, do some pieces. I start off I came in, my first order was two pants. So I did like two pair of pants. Then I and the, the check I wrote bounced. So I did two pair of pants. The first check didn't bounce. But we just like to sensationalize and say the first check bounced. <laughs> but the first check didn't bounce. First check was cool. Mm-hmm. Then I did a suit and I wrote a check and then the check bounced. It was like four hundred dollars. It was so embarrassing. Um and they were like, From now on you pay cash. I was like, okay. And uh, but in January, like I had, I would sneak my, I had these bins, right? You know, like, should you get from Walmart, mm-hmm. and I just had all my stuff in it, like I had, like three bins, and I just had all my belongings in them, and I would sneak them into this facility and like upstairs, into a little storage room, all my clothes and shit. So, cause you know, like I'm, I'm not one of the people. I think the only person that really knew I was going through my storm at the time was my brother Chase. I I'm not a person that's very. I don't like to let people know about my shit because it's not their shit, you know. And what are you gonna get? Complain about? Oh, I'm broken on home. It was oh, what well, was me. Everybody going through some shit. I don't want to hear about your shit. So, you know, I try and just put this face on. So even at the facility, no one knew that I was going through my storm. But I'm literally like walking around with no sleep. You know, haven't you know eaten nothing? but it's like shit. I gotta go in and change some clothes. So when they would open, I would go in, sneak upstairs, and like, you know, find some clothes and change into them and shit. Well, I bought that facility uh, last month, so we officially yeah, so took it over this year. But like, and just in a, in less than a year, just a whole life one eighty. Just like my personal business is just everything has changed. You know what I'm saying? Everything is just completely changed. Um. But more importantly, you know, I think the 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 summary of everything that I've spoken about is, you know, that whole story that you heard about from like the thirteen year old kid um, to the to the tailor shop, you know, the alterations, all that. It's just like it's just ideas being thrust into the universe. You know, none of these things at no point none of the things that I've done at any point did I have like cheerleaders or some big support system saying, yo, this is the move. Do this, do this. This is great. It was never that. It was always like, I don't know, probably not. You shouldn't. But I don't know when you, sometimes, you know, you, you can see your future so clearly that other people's concept of what your future is supposed to be just doesn't even matter. Right. It's like, Oh, you should be this." like, man, cut that shit. I've already seen what it's supposed to be. <laughs> and so, I know through all this, is just like believing in it enough to just like risk whatever, you know, believing in 13, what 13-year-old 13 boy trying to sit around and sew? You already get picked on and beat up at school, now you want to sew? It's like, no, nah, I want to learn this shit, and I'm going to figure it out, you know. Um, even moving to L.A., that was like a dream, like moving to L.A., that'd be a dream. I don't know nobody in L.A., but we should be in L.A., mm-hmm. And didn't go to LA. We went to San Diego first, and it took everything in San Diego being like taken, you know what I'm saying, from me. Just like, okay, take your ass to LA. So you're supposed to go, you know, and just persevere through these stories. Like, people get so hung up on their chapters. And it's like, we all have chapters. And I read something once, um, maybe, maybe it was on social media, but it said, think about this. Think about this from a statistical standpoint. Think of all the worst moments of your entire life. The worst, the worst nights you've ever had, the worst days you've ever had. All those moments like, the fuck, I'm never, how, this is the worst, you got gotten through every single one of them. 100% of them. Yeah. No matter how bad it was, like 100% of them, we got through 100% of them. So it's just like, that's just what life is. It's a series of getting over shit and figuring things out and evolving. And I'm grateful to have, like, found, you know, I'm grateful to have found a thing early on that, you know, I just really loved. I know. I'm grateful to just be crazy enough to just not care about doing it normal.
0: Yes, you have a remarkable story, Fresh. And um, this is amazing just listening to the beginning until where uh-huh. we are today. And you still on a goddamn grind. Like oh, yeah. you know, it, it yeah. don't stop. It'll never stop. It don't quit. You think and Kevin Hart.
1: No, that don't stop.
0: No. Don't and stop Kevin never. Hart is one of your clients, right? Yeah. So how did you hook up with all these celebrity clients? Was the LA buzz? Like yeah, about the LA buzz. that you were doing?
1: Well, and also before I had celebrity clients, I started telling people I was a celebrity tailor. Like on my Instagram I would put celebrity tailor. Because I'm cooler than the rest of the tailors, so <laughs> <laughs> I was saying it because I was like, I'm a celebrity. Amongst these tailors, I'm the one that's a celebrity. So I'm a celebrity tailor. Not necessarily that I tailor for celebrities, but I'm a celebrity tailor. But, you know, the things you say become, they, they take on life. So like saying that and people seeing that, oh, he's the guy that does this shit for the stars. And then just getting the stars and being able to get it done. Like, I, I don't do excuses. So mm-hmm. getting them and knocking the shit out, being 100, you know, figuring out that the best way to get to the stars is to get to the stylists. Mm. They make all the decisions. If the stylist loves you, you in. If the stylist don't like you, you ain't in. Mm-hmm. So I made sure I developed good relationships with the right stylists.
0: Is that an easy gateway to get to the stylist? Or are they contacting you at this point?
1: A lot of them are contacting me, but initially it was me contacting them mm-hmm. through Instagram. Like you find them on Instagram you just like stalk them. I stalk people on the ground like all like kevin hart i stalked his stylist ashley stalked her i found out who she was and i was like i want kevin i said this probably four months ago because i kept seeing him and stuff that was like altered it was still fresh but it was like damn man he needs to be in some custom like oh i need to get some shit on kevin (laughs) and um why kevin he's the biggest like Mm -hmm. you know i got a lot of big clients but it's like Kevin's like the biggest in his genre you know, like, LeBron's the biggest in his genre. Mm-hmm. You know, Draymond's huge, but LeBron's, like, the biggest in his genre, and Kevin's, like, the biggest in his genre. I was like, man, I want Kevin. And I found his stylist, and I was like, well, let me follow the stylist and develop a a, a a social relationship. Like, I don't even know this person. Comment on her piece. Exactly, commenting, doing this little thing. Her a her Insta story. A cool DM, nothing distasteful, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I'm not... Being a creep, just you know, showing respect, mm-hmm. and eventually they start to look and say, "Who is this motherfucker?" Always, oh, he got some nice stuff, and then they start to like, and they start to like, and the next thing you know, it's on. The next thing you know, you know, you find out you know she had she had this event going on, where she was introducing her candle brand, and this is probably in uh, September. Her assistant sent me an invitation for it. I was like, sure. You know, I'll go check it out. And I go through. Kevin, that's the first time that uh, I actually met Kevin. And uh he snubbed me. Funniest shit in the world. First time he met me, he snubbed me. I held my uh-huh. hand out to shake his hand and he looked right through me and walked right past. And everyone's standing there, I'm like, huh? <laughs> that's Kevin. <laughs> in real life, it was a party. And um I had gone downstairs to smoke weed. And um
0: <laughs>
1: I don't want people thinking think I smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and um and I saw Kevin pull up in his car. I was like, "Shit, let me go inside. I want to be out here when you, he, you know, come in. I want to be weird." So I go back inside, and I'm inside, and um, I just met Ashley for this, this the first time we'd ever met. So Kevin comes upstairs. I try not being too weird, like just oh, Kevin, whatever, you know. So he gets probably like four or five feet from me. There's a few people, so I felt like we made eye contact. I thought we made eye contact. No, I think he was looking at someone next to me. But I thought he was looking at me, so I like held my hand. i like, "Hey, man, nice to meet you." And it's like he didn't even acknowledge it. It's like he didn't even hear it. And it was like, but there was no one else here. It was just me in front of you. Like, even if you didn't see me, like I have my whole hand in front of you,
0: Please moving it. was just it. fucking with you.
1: No, it was like I don't like you. I don't like you.
0: He said that. I don't like
1: you because when I walked up, your hair was too tall. I don't know what it was. <laughs> But I don't think you like I don't think you like my face when you first saw me. So you just did not fool with me. Damn. So, it, but it, 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 but you know what? It's crazy because when I left, I'm chuckling to myself and I'm saying, he don't realize it, but he's gonna fall to the sword. Like he will be my client. He don't even know it yet. Mm-hmm. But that was that. And then afterwards, it's just you know I see her put something on him. I'd be like, yo, that was fresh. That was fresh. And then she did something one day, and I was like, man, you need to stop bullshitting. Get with me, mm-hmm. like what are we doing, bro? Mm-hmm. I was just like, yo, you know, you know that I got the sauce. Like the fuck, what are we doing? <laughs> and she was like, okay, shit, okay, your stuff is nice. Why don't we just meet? So we met. We got to actually see each other face to face and have like a real discourse. I was fresh. She was like, okay, I see, I see you. I see you look fresh. <laughs> Literally, we had our first meeting probably in November. It's the first time I actually met. Like, I mean, I met her at her candle thing, but like, let's see you and I meet and discuss and figure out who you are. So, me and her assistant sat down, and then like a, a week later, she had some with Terrence J. Uh, she was like, yo, this was Terrence. So, I did this thing with Terrence, knocked it out. And then she had another client. She was like, all right, cool, I got another client. And I was like, boom, knock that out. She was like, all right, I got a whole tour for Kevin. So, I just want to make sure that you weren't going to, like, you know, make me look bad. And so now, um, I got a lot of stuff with Kevin. So that's just, that's the move. Like Anybody wanting to get on, in any regard in LA, connecting with celebrities, in regards to fashion, impress their stylists. If you impress their stylist, you've impressed the celebrity. You'll get right into them. Mm -hmm. And also what people don't know too, because you know, everybody sees all these celebrities. Like you look on my page and it's pretty much all celebrities in my clothes and all of them paid. And all of them paying full price, mm-hmm. yeah. These people need to know that too, because people have this misconception that in order to get on, you have to give your shit away. Mm-hmm. That's that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, if your if your stuff isn't good, and you just need people to just have it and accept it and not have a reason to say no, then give it away. But if your stuff is good and you believe in it and you stand by that shit, why would you give it away? Right. When it's better than what they're paying for, I'm not gonna give you this shit. Mm-hmm. You pay for that shit right i'm trying to do you a solid you owe me more you're Heard welcome that you're welcome
0: so you getting ready for award season so many awards coming up. correct so i want to see some of your you, you know, know you will. yeah 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 you know you will i will can you make me something do you do women's clothing i i saw that you did post a woman
1: yeah uh, iman
0: iman mm-hmm. so what type of clothing do you do for women the Whatever same, I want. Yeah, well,
1: no, the same type I do for men. Like I don't do dresses, but I do, um, you know, everything and that you see. You do a
0: nice, cute blazer. Oh yeah, I do them all the time. Yeah.
1: Okay. Dope blazers, suits, track suits, the track pants. You know, shirts, cool stuff.
0: And then like some of your track suits are like lamb skin. Is yeah. that like a high commodity right now, or like that's what you you chose? That's just what I chose. Your ingredient for your brand. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like it's an uh, exclusive to get.
1: Yeah, it's very, um, like, I like the whole, I don't like for things, to, I'm very serious, mm-hmm. but I'm not, no, no, okay, I'm very serious, but I don't appear to be very serious, mm-hmm. and so I like that about my clothes, like, I wanted to make a track suit, like a track jacket that was very serious, just didn't look like it, from a distance, probably think it's just a little gray, cotton, little track jacket. You get up close and it's like, "Oh shit, it's lambskin." And you open it is like, "Whoa." <laughs> then like I just did a hoodie. Same thing as a lambskin hoodie, but from a distance it just looks like a hoodie, but it's a lambskin hoodie. It's like so you No, know, so dope. I just want to do some cool things that just feel like normal regular chill clothes, but it's super luxurious, super mm, exclusive. Nice quality. Like less than, you know, a dozen units ever to be produced, like super duper exclusive.
0: If you could describe your brand, what would you say? Fresh. <laughs> you oh, would say like one fresh. word,
1: one word, or like like a sentence description.
0: You, it, when you was trying to sell to Ashley with Kevin Hart, what was you saying? I was I like,
1: it was more than fresh. Yeah, I was just like, you know, I've been I've been seeing you do your thing, you know. I've been seeing you do your thing. I've been I've been checking out, you know, the Paul Smith. That's cute. That's cute. That's cool and all. I've been checking out that Tom Brown, you know, yeah. um, you know, I just think we could do better. I just think that Kevin deserves better. I think you deserve better. Mm-hmm. I think life will be easier for you with someone like me in it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Yeah, no, I'll see you soon. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was that type of vibe. It's like I'm just very, I'm very cocky with my shit because I know what goes into it. I know my shit's mm-hmm. awesome. And I'm not going to sell to you if I don't think it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I go into everything like it's going to be dope. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's just my approach.
0: OK, so what do you have planned short and long term with your brand?
1: Well, so for the short term, all 2019, I'm doing these super exclusive drops every Monday. Mm-hmm. It's like Instagram exclusive. So. I may talk about it a little bit on Facebook, but that's really to move people from Facebook to Instagram. But I'm gonna be doing these drops every Monday throughout the year. And it's just like whatever creative concept I come up with. Like most of my most of the work that you see are collaborative concepts with either me and a stylist or me and the client. It's not necessarily what I would have done, but it's what I would have done with the client in mind. Whereas what I wanted to do with this exclusive drop is like, I'm not thinking about nobody but me. This is what I want to do. I'm going to fuck with it. anybody else likes. This is what I like. I want this lambskin hoodie with the perforated interior. Why? Because that's what I'd wear. And if you like it, good for you. But I'm not making this thinking about anybody else. So I'm, all year I'm just coming up with these random situations. Like that would be bananas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drop them on the ground.
0: Limited quantity. Very.
1: So I'm not going to do anything in any quantity greater than 15.
0: I saw because you had the 14. Period. I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing any quantities greater than 15 of any garment. So this track jacket, for instance, I'm going to only do six of them. I'm going to produce six, and then that's done. Mm-hmm. That colorway will never be done again. I'm going to do nine of the track pants to go with it, and that's done. Never be done again. And
0: they're going to be hitting you in a DM like. Man, I want an extra line. I don't even know drink. what you're
1: talking about. <laughs> go to the site if it's there. And then also when it drops on the site, like this is not a website where you can just go whenever you feel like it. When the when the collection drops, it's dropped for 24 hours and that is it.
0: Oh, you exclusive. It, when it drops
1: on Monday, it's down on so Tuesday. So this is
0: Monday. Dropping Monday.
1: When it drops on Monday,
0: it's what up Monday. What time is dropping
1: on Monday? 9 a.m. Pacific.
0: And then it's only up for twenty four hours.
1: Only up for twenty four hours. Oh,
0: look at you and your marketing! I see you, I see you.
1: And then we start. You know, we have six days of promo. You know, really prepping for the next exhibit, which is what I call them. And then we'll release the following exhibit the following Monday. Same thing. We'll continue that. You know, the bags are gonna. um, The bags are going to make it very strong. You know, like the track pants. That whole thing made a very strong entrance in twenty eighteen. You know, I started my year off, I went to Toronto and I got inspired to do, like, a track pan. like, damn, I want to do a track pan with, like, stripes and colors, I can just design it one way, change the colors up, and that hit so tough, and, like, it, it turned into such a big thing in L.A., so the bags are going to have that moment, um, a very similar moment that the track pants had this year, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So long term, what are we looking at? <laughs>
1: How much more time we got? <laughs> Five minutes. Um, this world domination, you know, <laughs> just like l- genuine global domination, mm-hmm. like in a, in a, in a couple of different areas. But yeah, nothing small, you know. Just like yeah, just domination. Yeah, I just want to take over shit. I just want to be like the most famous tailor i have ever lived.
0: I see yeah. it coming. I see it coming. Fresh, you almost there.
1: Hey, you know we're working on it.
0: Yeah. So we got the website dropping on Monday. Rich-Fresh.com.
1: Rich-Fresh.com.
0: 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. No, Pacific. Pacific Time. Mm -hmm. And how can everybody check you out on socials?
1: Instagrams. Instagrams. Find me on the gram. Rich Fresh underscore. It's the the icon. It's the guy with pink hair. It's like a cartoon character with pink hair. I feel like he's got his hand up over his face or something silly. (laughs) That's the one. Click him. He's the guy to follow. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for coming to the Virtually Effective podcast. Thank you for having me here. You have a very inspiring story that I think a lot of people will appreciate, especially a lot of these creatives, especially a lot of these people that, you know, get discouraged when they're trying to pursue their dreams. Mm So I think you're giving them some good motivation. And you, you know, got roots in
1: the M. Oh, for sure. No, it's the town. I, <laughs> I, I love Memphis, and I, you know, I, I appreciate you for having this type of platform for said creators. Because, I mean, you, you, you said a mouthful. It's interesting for us to see stories. Mm-hmm. Like, if we don't see certain types of representation, we don't know what's possible. Definitely. You know. So yeah, I, I totally agree, and I'm glad that glad you guys had this type of platform. That you taking out your time, man. You could be doing anything. You you'd be you you'd be getting turned right now. <laughs>
0: Look, when it's over, are we getting tired tonight? Right. What are we You're doing? Like, are y'all going home? What y'all doing?
1: What time is it? <laughs>
0: it's only eight oh, twenty.
1: I can tell you one thing: I ain't finna go home. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well,
0: thank you, Fresh. Everybody, check out his website on Monday and keep up with him on the gram and all his socials. And thank you so much, Fresh,
1: for stopping by. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Love being here. Thank you.